right, you lucky listeners, we got something special for you today. We got my girl Kendall Jones in here. She's the uh, finance guru, the finance uh, coach. And Kendall, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. And thanks for having me on, of course. I'm Kendall Jones. I'm a personal finance coach. I also work with businesses on their finances as well. Okay. And I've been in personal finance for over 20 years, and I've had my firm for five years. So we work with people hand-in-hand, teaching them more advanced financial strategies, especially for marginalized communities. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. So here we are, you lucky listeners, once again. Uh, another episode of Not, Not Your, Your Common, Common Conversation. Conversation. I'm here with my co-host Omar Henderson. Hi, and I'm Chris Downing. So let's let's get into it. Tell us what that what that world is like. The world of personal finance. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, whenever <laughs> you talk to someone who's been doing what they do for a while and they have a lot of experience, mm-hmm. they have criticisms, of course, of their industries. Um, in the personal finance world. There's a couple of things. One is the personal finance space is very segmented, is what I would say. What do you mean segmented? So there's not many people like me who have a comprehensive approach to money or pers- or your personal finances. So if you want a home loan, you go to your mortgage broker right. for the home loan. Yeah. If you want to work on your taxes, you go to a tax person, right? But you don't have someone who's looking at the full picture. Consolidation. Cons- yes, and as a result, oftentimes, you will get advice from the tax person that might be contradictory to what you need to qualify for investment properties or so on and so forth. Or a mortgage, right. Yeah, so the personal finance, I would just like to say first and foremost, the more you know about money, the more fun it becomes. So the personal finance space is too, like everybody's doing their own thing, they're siloed. But what I do is comprehensive, so I get to look at the whole picture. And as a result of it being siloed, it could be a little complicated yeah. to answer your question about what it's like in the space. <laughs> I mean, so, when, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so what I'm hearing you saying, you said something about the more you, you know about money, the more fun it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rephrase what you said and say that you kind of leave like your that. clients being empowered. That's the goal every time. So what I do is I empower you by educating you, re-educating you, teaching you more advanced financial strategies, but also teaching you how to be an expert in your personal finances. Like, you don't need to be like me where I understand all these things and it's my career, but you should be an expert in your finances. So as a result, people are empowered to go on their own to have different kind of financial conversations with their financial experts in their space. Okay. Yeah, so that's the point. I don't want anybody codependent on me. I Mm. want to give them what they need so that they can go and do it on their own. So let's back up for a second. I just want to know a little bit of background. We go, you know, Omar and I, we go right into it. But tell (laughs) us, like, how did you even get into this? Like, what prompted you to even take on this whole business in, endeavor the business itself or personal finance because both yeah both 
I've always <laughs> been into money. Like, I've always been into it. Like, when you were a kid and, yes. and you know, grade school, you were you, you were money person. I was a money person <laughs> People from go to the you for beginning. A loan or <laughs> uh, like, my favorite toy, my mom loves to tell this story now, but my favorite toy was the cash register, not the I baby doll. <laughs> um, and my parents really encouraged entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, so that was another piece. So I had my first business when I was in high school and an LLC and all of that. Wow. And so it was just very encouraged. And then when I was 18, I saw something that I'd never seen before. Like, we, I grew up in huh. a very nice neighborhood. Okay. Um, everyone on our streets, professionals like scientists and doctors and attorneys. What, what were you, if you don't mind me asking, your parents, what, what were their professions? Yeah, my mom is an expert in institutional racism, and she has a background as a plant scientist. So she Whoa. does a lot of work in both fields, but especially institutional racism. Really? Yes. And my That's dad's a, a marine biologist. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Yeah. He's um, a marine biologist. He's the founder of one of the oldest scuba diving clubs in the world, and he's a underwater archaeologist See, that's cool that's cool because you don't and i love the fact that you know oftentimes you don't i hate to say this you don't think about black folks being in those positions but it's really nice to hear that it's nice to hear that yeah they i mean they are really big in their fields and thought leaders and yeah you know, wow. okay we well, may have to invite you may have to invite your parents i know right especially you know with your mom with institutional racism i mean that's mm -hmm. that's a hot topic yeah that's a days. that's a big yeah. hot topic yeah. yeah so go on you you so <laughs> cash register yeah. you said oh, your neighborhood. i saw something triggering when i was 18 mm -hmm. so in our neighborhood like i was saying everyone you know they had these big professions and then a neighbor of ours was kicked out of her house and it was the first time I'd ever seen that hmm. wow. and so I go I go to my father and I'm like dad what happened here like I'm like right. berating him yeah. with yeah. questions to be honest and he's like I can't really answer all these questions, but you should go talk to this person. And I went and talked to a financial advisor at 18. Wow. And so that started me on you the talk, quest. Whoa, whoa. So you went to talk to a financial advisor, seeing this happen to this mm -hmm. person, mm -hmm. and said, hey, I need to look into this. How does this happen? Someone loses their house. Yep. Which is devastating. Yep. And yeah. that financial advisor gave, he was like, well, without looking at his, her numbers, I can't tell you, but this is what typically happens. And the more I found out, that is what happened mm -hmm. to her. But it started me on a quest. And from 18, I just kept looking for positions in personal finance. So mm -hmm. I worked in accounting offices. Um, but then also I was the youngest person in the city court mortgage and loan division okay. in this area. I was only 19 and I like took all the courses and it just had a ripple effect. You know, you just keep going and right. every career is like the one that was interesting was the one that had to do with personal finance. So I've worked in mortgage. I've worked with people doing their final um, estates, yeah. you know, when someone passes away. Right. I've worked in tax and revenue. Like I've worked in a lot of different spaces. Now, did you, did you go to school for this? Or? There is no schooling for personal finance. So, oh, got it, got it. And so you just took this on mm -hmm. yourself, like, I need to figure this out. And yep. so, so from, from talking to the financial advisor, what, what, what came out of that at 18? Yeah, for me personally, it was like, I'm going to learn everything I need to know when it comes to wealth development, 
um, like any kind of mitigation stuff around finance. And I just right. became obsessive about it from that point on. Um, and but like most people in finance, like my finances were kind of the stereotype of what we see where like, you know, a lot of student loans and a lot of all of that. Sure. And then and um, trying to remember the date, but like maybe seven or eight years ago. I was trying to buy some more investment properties and the job I worked at changed their structure of pay. So we were like commission and salary based and they took away our salary. So like most of us, what we do is we just achieve harder. Right. Uh So that's what I did. I worked harder and I ended up with a stress induced illness. Sure. And so I was young, very healthy, but then had a stress induced illness. And then that really turned it on for me because that's when I was like, we're trying to do all these advanced financial strategies, but we don't have all the structures in place because there's no one teaching us that. Right, right. And that's when I changed everything. And that's how the business started to be born out of that because I was I changed it for myself. I paid off over $71,000 in debt in three years and did like all kinds of things, built all these investment portfolios and stuff. And so now I'm like semi-retired and I'm so, 39. Wow. You're how old? 39. Okay, congratulations wow, on that. congrats. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting because you talked about a stress-induced illness. Mm-hmm. So there was a way, and this is the, my hot topic anyway, this is my thing. There was a way you were being before, and then there was a way you were being after. And, and the reason why I bring that up is because later on I'm going to ask you, when you have most of your clients... How are they being about their money? Which, in other words, I'm asking, what is their view and or relationship to money? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So we're going to get to that. But I want to find out, like like I said, up to up to being stressed, you were being a particular way. And then afterwards, that shifted. Can you say more? Can you say anything about that? Yeah. So one of the things I teach my clients, of course, I didn't have the terminology until I'm working with hundreds of people. Right. But. Patience, persistence, and planning. Uh-huh. So before, mm. like a lot of us, we just, we can run, you know, we're fast. We're just running towards whatever the financial goal is, but we don't really have the right type of plan in place mm-hmm. in order to put the right safety nets in place, mm. you know? Mm. And I see that often with my clients, and I know we'll talk about that later. Um, and so for me, the biggest shift was having better plans that have safety nets and being patient about getting to where you're going to go. So you basically have to trust the plan. Yeah. So So, when you're not patient, you tend to take more risk and you don't even realize you're taking those financial risks because you're looking out there at everyone else and you're hearing other people's stories and you're like, oh, they were able to do it, so I should be able to do it too. You you want with the Joneses. Pardon my... Play on words. You get anxious when you see those. When you see those. So, so take us through a scenario. It's funny. I had some guys over last night, and um, good guys. They they were telling me a little bit about their background, and they they both uh, young guys. They were in their twenties, I believe, and they all they got degrees, went to school, Mm -hmm. and uh, of course, with that, they got um, you know debt. Mm-hmm. And one, one of the guys, um, they were brothers. The youngest guy said um, he was actually almost finished with paying his his college um, loan. But 
The other guy was like, yeah, I'm still paying. So I want I want you to kind of take us, because I want people to listen to this and really get some practical terms. I don't want to get so esoteric that we really get, you know, because we talk about money. I just want to say, when we talk about money, two things, especially for black folks and probably for most folks. But when you talk about money or taxes and we get real quiet, we don't want to talk about it. We don't discuss because yeah. it gets, it gets, I think there's a part of shame and embarrassment because we've been so behind the eight ball that, we don't so so you got it you got a you got a, a guy or or a girl a woman um who comes out of school maybe you know 20 something you know mid 20s 20 you know 3 4 5 or what have you right. or older and they get out of school and they got this this juicy degree mm-hmm. and they're ready to go out into the world and like you said they see all these different you know they see Jay-Z and Beyonce and see all these people with money and stuff and it's like well, how do i start planning what give us like an example of what that plan a plan would be for a person a young person coming out of school i want to do like two plans a young person and maybe an older older folks like ourselves you know yeah that's i mean we all know that if you get the degree, you earn more, right? So you're kind of caught. Possibly. Yeah. I Hopefully. mean, I, the stat that came out a couple of years ago that is only 11% of women in the United States make six figures a year and only 20% of men make six figures a year. Wow. Right. And like, Hmm. So the degree is so to build wealth. Let's say it's about what was that percentage again? Eleven percent of women and twenty percent of men. We don't. I don't have the stats when it comes to you know race and all. I've been looking for it, and there's really not anything out there yet. Um, But we need the degrees to have the earning potential. The earning potential allows us with other financial strategies to be able to shift more and more money towards asset development. And that asset development is what allows us to create wealth, generational wealth, but also the wealth for us in order for us to have freedom. So that's one thing. So we want people to go to college. <coughs> right. But, if, if you know, college isn't for everyone. It isn't for everyone. Yeah. But you, if it's not for you, you should be focused on earning potential right. if it's not for you, right? Right, right, right. But outside of that, the main focus, especially for that young person— Hang on one second. I'm sorry. You said earning potential. Earning potential. And, and explain that to okay. our listeners. Yeah, so you want to be able to know how to earn money, how to maximize your ability to earn more and more and more money. At a certain point when you've developed a certain amount of assets development or, you know, some other type of things, like I'll I'll mention, especially for the younger person, you don't have to earn as much in order to continue to grow wealth. There's a tipping point here. Hmm. But you have to be able to have that earning potential because that earning potential from what I do allows you to shift more money into those security structures like we were just I was mentioning. Right. So putting more money towards savings, but also investment portfolios and things of that. sort. But if I'm a young person, I get out. I get out of school or I'm just a young person, school or no school. Um, um, uh, And I'm 25, 26, 27. And and I'm trying to figure out my way, right? First of all, I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to get a decent job that's going to pay me some. Let's say I'm making, I'm going to throw out a figure. I'm making uh, forty five thousand yeah. a, 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 a year, okay? Mm-hmm. And, which is not a lot of money in, in today's world, right? Yes. Yeah, and so that one, I got it. There's my living expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, I get an apartment. Or, you know, if I live with my parents, you know, they might want some. I want a car. Mm-hmm. You know, the essentials: living, car, mm-hmm. you know, food, 
you know, utilities, bills, and things like that. And there's not much left over. So how do I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to create some real life scenarios. Yeah, here. that's. How, so that's yeah. what I would, the biggest piece for everyone mm-hmm. to know, it doesn't matter if you're 25 or if you're 65, is that you have to have a gap in your month. You have to have a significant gap between what's coming in and what's going out. You need that gap. Without the gap, you can't put more money towards things that are going to create the safety and the security. So when you say gap, Mm-hmm. You mean what? I'm, I really want to spell this yeah, out. No, like, <laughs> I get it. Like, so when I talk about gap, I'm talking about what you have coming in mm-hmm. and what you have going out towards committed expenses. So this. So is you're a, talking about like your debt ratio, not debt per income ratio. I'm talking about all committed expenses, your rent, whatever you have signed your name on that you have to pay out electricity, heat. Whatever it is, cable. cable so let's give a loans. let's give an overall figure to that. Let's say I'm making forty five thousand dollars, and and my overall payout debt, my payout is let's say forty. Realistically, uh, forty. Let's say I mean I could divide it in months, but let's say all together yearly annually is forty forty three. Five. Mm-hmm. That means I got fifteen hundred dollars left over after yeah. everything's up. That's a yeah. That's a real scenario for some people. It is a real scenario. So the way that you increase the gap is you either decrease your committed expenses, and I mean committed because there's some expenses that are not committed secure. Like every single month you're going to be paying this. There's right. some that fluctuate. Very, you know. Right. So you sometimes we're living, we're moving faster than our income allows us ah, to move. Yeah, you, yeah. We got to have a realistic. We got to live in a realistic world, given what you're getting right. in. Like you can't overspend. You, right. So you're. So you either decrease your committed expenses or increase your income or a combination of both. So that might mean that might mean no cable for a year. No, no going out and eating. And, and, and well, I don't think people should like nickel and dime their lives either because money is a marathon. So it's more for me, it would be things like, OK, usually it's your biggest expense. That's the one that can be shifted. Right. So let's say you are making that type of money, but you're renting on your own. Why are you renting on your own? You should have a roommate. You see what I'm saying? Bam. There it is. Yeah. There it is right there. And how much money are you going to save? And you could save. Yeah. Instead a lot. of you, I I don't have my clients clipping coupons and I don't right. have my clients like eating a sandwich that, <laughs> right. you know, from the, you know, the bread you buy from the store that's only like a dollar ninety nine. Right. I don't do that because so, money is a marathon. So if your rent is $1,500 and you get a roommate, now you've just chopped that in half. Yeah, you, you could got chop seven. it in half or you could, like, I've always made money. Like, since I was 18, I was making $1,000 a week when I yeah, was 18. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. So I mean? you like me. That, you know, money yeah. came my way. Yeah, and that's why it's important <laughs> to know how to make money, you right. know, because you can change your structures and your future as much as you want. But you have to, like, these bigger major expenses we get into, we're so busy spending our emotional energy nickel and diming away instead of trying to change those bigger expenses. And this those bigger expenses are the things that make a big difference to that bottom line. And that money could be shifted over to paying off debt. It could be shifted over to, to 
increase the gap towards uh, certificates to increase your income, so on and so forth. So there's a question that's looming, though, because okay. there are a lot of people who say, well, I don't know how to make money. I would dare say that mm. in the population of human beings, there's a smaller percentage of those people who know how to make money than there are who don't know how to make money. And so that, you know, becomes to them a conundrum. They're like, well, how am I going to make money? And the ideas that come to their head are filled with caveats. Mm. You know, like, well, I could do this, but then I'd have to do that. Or I could do this, or I'd have to do that. Da, 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 da. You know, I, I could, I could, you know, oh, I could buy a 7-Eleven, but then I need the money to, to buy the 7-Eleven. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, in their minds, they automatically go to what's not working or what's you know in the way right right so right. so <clears throat> what how would you approach a person that says well how do i make money mm, that's a great question if you are employed you need to make yourself more valuable to your industry mm, there we go so okay. let's say you that's cut why i down, brought the system on <laughs> good lord let's say you come come down on your expenses let's say you did have that rent that was 1500 then you decide let me go get a two-bedroom get a roommate and now it's not 1500 but and it's not 700 750 either yeah maybe it's, it's more 2, like 2000 so but now, now so, but you still saved money and you shift that additional money over to getting certifications and so on and so forth I'll just give you an example. So I was in, you know, sales and all of that right. in the finance industry. And then I decided to change. Mm -hmm. And I went from making six figures to $45,000 a year. In two years, I was back up to six figures. How, did, it, how did that happen? I, I invested in myself. I invested in getting the certifications I need. I invested in all of that. Right. And as a result, and I didn't increase my lifestyle before I invested in that. So then by the time I did that, I became more valuable to my industry. Your knowledge is incredibly valuable. And there's businesses you can start that don't cost an arm and a leg to start them either. So that's the other piece there. But if you don't create value, then you can't put a premium on your knowledge and your time. That's why education is important. And that's why it's also important to invest in yourself and other things you want to do that's not education-related as far as investing towards your career. So I call that, hang on one second, I call that thinking like a boss. Like that, That's what I, I try yeah. to tell my young folks. <laughs> you, it's the difference between thinking like a worker and thinking like a boss. Absolutely. A boss thinks about the overall picture. They don't think like, oh, something, woe is me, I can't. No, I, let me let me think. I got to figure out a way to do this, mm -hmm. and I got to make this happen. I love what you said about increasing your value, because mm, um, yeah, like for instance, um, I'm in healthcare, but another industry that I'm in is entertainment, mm -hmm. and so <clears throat> you know, I would think that, and there are you know, so as a musician, and I'm a musician, you know, typically any musician will say, well, yeah, I'm I'm good. But in his mind, he or she has said, but I could be better. Mm -hmm. right? right. And so and so, what I'm speaking to indirectly, though, is increasing your value. You say through education, and I'm not going to knock that. Mm -hmm. But then there are people who are pioneering. And so they're mm. like, you know, well, I've, oh, my God, I'm referring to cars. There are guys who build cars <laughs> out of scrap, mm -hmm. and they build better freaking cars than what's on the road, right? Mm -hmm. And thus they make themselves more valuable. It's like putting in that the effort, the time, the the being, oh, God, having the desire and determination. With that, do you say that those qualities 
Desire. They do. And even if you are not someone, I'm not necessarily saying that it has to be traditional education, like institutionalized education. It needs to just be general education. Like when I was a, um, a consultant, I was a management consultant for years. I didn't go back and get my MBA. I thought about it, but I didn't do it. Everybody working under me had MBAs, though. Wow. But I was getting this other education. I, I looked kind at my market. Job, right? Yeah, I looked at my market and was like, what do they need? Hmm. Let me fill the void. Hmm. And the person who's building those cars, they might not even be the best ones at it. But they might be making more money at it because they saw a void and they knew how to they learned how to market themselves. They knew how to make themselves valuable and put put themselves in front of their ideal demographic. That's probably why they're making money. So that's really mm. interesting. You know, years ago, um, I was in a group of uh, with a group of guys and, you know, we created this this social entity mm-hmm. now because you said something about fulfilling a need. Mm hmm. And inside of that group, I said, what's your vision? Now, the reason why I bring that up is because people, I believe, everyone has a vision when they're very young because they see life and they're like, that's missing and I want to put it in place. Mm -hmm. But then it gets washed out by um, the daily Mm -hmm. comings and goings. Or naysayers, right? Yeah, the Mm -hmm. the naysayers or just, you know, life itself happens. Right. Life happens, right? right? They grow up and they get an apartment and they got bills and all of a sudden that vision Yeah, they're like, let me be realistic. It's real. (laughs) Whatever that's supposed to be, right? So would you, so in in finding a need, do you help people like revisit or get in touch with that vision? Yeah, because one of the things that ends up happening is the more someone's finances are in order, and I'm not a personal finance person like a lot of people confront where, you know, I'm not like stuffy in a suit and tie type of personality, but also I've been there and mm-hmm. I've done it for myself. So my knowledge is not theoretical. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is they get their finances in order and instead of having this tunnel vision, it's like the blinders come off yeah, and right. they start to see all these possibilities. Right. Mm-hmm. So it'll start with, Kendall, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to retire. And then I teach them everything they need to know about retirement and their retirement strategy. And then they end up calling me like I just did an interview with a past client. And she's building a school in Ghana now. Wow. Yeah, wow. And she came to me with like, oh, my God, this month is a problem, you know. <laughs> so it does happen. And I do help people get in touch with that. And sometimes it's hard to imagine because of what you said, like, I have to pay rent. I have to do this. So the more financial space you have in your month, that's why the month is comfortable, the more you can dream and the more you can create. So I look at money as a lifestyle tool, like a way to develop your ideal life mm-hmm. and the more knowledge you have the more space you actually have in your time to be able to craft that life so I I had a situation that happened to me this is a real life situation and I do you know I do all right for myself but I looked at my mortgage uh, this month Mm -hmm. and it went up three by three hundred dollars so I got on the phone with my mortgage company I'm like you know what the hell Mm -hmm. and you know of course they told you know Montgomery County uh, uh, taxes went up and your insurance went up I said, God damn, by $300? And I just got it down by $250 uh, uh, a year or so ago because I, I, I took my PMI off. You know, I was like, hey, you know, my house got appraised for, 
you know, two, plus two hundred thousand dollars, take that PMI off. You know, a lot of people don't know about that. Yeah. You know, and that's that that's that insurance that they try to you know charge you for the first seven years. The mortgage companies, the mm-hmm. little dirty secret, um, um, especially in this part of the world where we do pretty well with equity in our home. So, mm-hmm. so now I'm like I'm faced with three hundred dollars. I just got it down over the last year by two fifty, and now it goes up three hundred dollars. What advice would you give me? Because now I got to find that three X. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm okay. Don't don't feel sorry for me. I'm okay. But I'm just saying, yeah. you know, it takes away from from my golfing, and it takes away. It could it, it could compete with my my extra. You know, it competes uh, with his lifestyle. My lifestyle. <laughs> you know, I like I like I like. You know, I'm, he got I'm, to sell that I, Tesla. I, I, I'm going. To, no, 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 no. Like I'm never selling. I'm never selling. In fact, I'm going to upgrade. That's necessary. You know, to be who I am, to be the Christopher. So, so, but yeah, but I, you know, I think to myself, damn, you know, three hundred. So, you know, my first inclination is to get on the phone. You know, I look up. I first thing I Google is, you know, taxes going up in Montgomery County because I now want to talk to my council person. You know, all the politician. What the hell? You know, why? Why am I spending more? I got to get on the phone with my insurance company. Why are you doing? Because I want to know why. You know, I want to talk to them. Because you know, so my first inclination is not to run from it, but to to go to move towards it, so I can figure out problem solve. Yep, lean in, and that's what a lot of life is and finance is is problem solving. And so, mm-hmm. okay, this doesn't work, then I got to figure out this. I got to do this, make this. You know, of course, I might have to cut back, or I might possibly have to um, create more income for myself, right? Which I I really don't have a problem with mm-hmm. doing, but it is it does as as a as a guy who's getting a little older in life, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't want to um, put more on my plate. I'm thinking about putting less on my plate. But mm-hmm. what what advice would you give someone? I mean, without seeing, like of me. course, everything that's going on sure, is a little sure. hard. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times that happens, there's like an increase and it's because that money is going into escrow and then there's like a back due amount of ex- escrow that is due. You know yeah. what I mean? When they have like these inflations, you know, when it comes to like insurance yeah. or t- taxes or whatever. Um, and it, it really depends on the person. So I would say like the people that I work with. You know, I would be looking at the full picture and we would decide, is this the fight that you want to fight? Right, 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 right. Is it something else that you have going out that you're really not reaping the benefits of anyway that you can, you know, sometimes we put so and this is the emotional response to money. Yeah. Sometimes we put so much energy fighting certain things when it comes to money that we're not actually like getting the most out of our money either. Mm. And and that's that's why I don't run around worried about every ten dollars. Now if you have a different income, then this is a different conversation. Right. You know, that's another well, thing I try to when tell When you say people. different income, what do you mean? Yeah, like if you're if you're in a household and your household income is like seventy thousand dollars a year and you live in a very hot, you know, expensive area and you have kids, you do have to look at like, you know, every ten dollars that comes in. Sure. Goes, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. There's a lot but of things eating away at your money. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. When you're a six figure earner and stuff like that. Right. Sometimes it's more it's easier just to make more money than yeah, it is no doubt. to like, no you doubt, know, no doubt. try to fight. What? And that keeps you in the um, abundance mindset. So some of this exactly. is about Ooh, I love it. about abundance that. You mindset. know, if you're 
if I'm trying to like worry about like this thing that increased this amount of money and it's increased on an appreciative property, appreciative asset too, you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm, you know, worrying about that, it's like I could be just putting myself in more scarcity mindset than abundant mindset. Mm-hmm. By constantly putting myself in abundant mindset, I'm able to grow more assets. I'm able to grow more wealth. I'm able to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you go through different phases in life. So it all depends on where this person is and what their ultimate financial goal is. Yeah. Like, that's, something that's a lot where of people, your attention needs to I, go. That's something I bet a lot of people don't really think about, their ultimate financial goal. Yeah. It's, you know, I would, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that especially um, if you're not, um, well, going back to what you said earlier, imaginative in a sense of how to make money. Uh, then you're kind of like always at the mercy of your boss. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So then, <clears throat> you know, it's like if you're not of that mindset of of uh, making or generating something but just reporting up to work and getting a paycheck, right? then, you know, um, how do you think about a financial goal? What? How can you even, you know, it's, it's almost, it's, it's so remote to think. It's like a fantasy. I mean, there's a lot of different financial goals, too. And a lot of times the only financial goal we think about is earning. You know, it's I'm going to say something real quick, and I want you to get back to that. Mm-hmm. It's like, because what you just said, like there's different ways, different financial goals, right? People are unaware of the different financial goals. Just like a lot of kids, like when I was in college or maybe even before then, especially if you were African-American, you know, you went to college for either political science or journalism or lawyer or doctor mm-hmm. or engineer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then you got these kids out here now, most of them non-African American, who are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to college for, I don't know, international policy or, mm-hmm. uh, or, even, or, or health policy. Or mm-hmm. it's like there's all these options now, all these different options. A lot that, of options, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of options that, um, you know, and, and that, oh my God, I hate to say it, but those, those options become more plentiful in the view of those who are not African American than there are are than are. And I would dare group in the Latino community with yeah. us there. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, how how do these options become publicized or become common knowledge? Yeah. I mean, the real problem is exposure, you know? So like whatever our reality mm. is made up of what we are consistently exposed to, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. so yep. if you, I have a friend, I love talking about her. She's in Canada mm-hmm. and she's been an entrepreneur her whole life. She's in her 40s. There's never been a time where she's worked for someone else. And when I talked to her about it, her both of her parents were entrepreneurs. So that's all she knew. It was normal. It was reality. Wow. It didn't seem risky. It didn't seem any of that because wow. she grew up in it. Right. You know, so what you're talking about is exposure, and if I do know about a lot of different financial goals because I have the exposure to it. Like, so I always tell people you have to figure out what your financial goals are. Without for, you don't want to forget what you need to. You know, like some people drive towards a financial goal, don't ever think about retirement, and then it catches up with them. Like you don't want that. But for me, my goal was to reach financial freedom. 
you know, and financial freedom is your ability to afford your lifestyle without working for anyone. And so even though I was a consultant and making great money and all, everything I was doing was gearing me towards that. It wasn't gearing me to stay a consultant. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm the same way. I grew up the same way. I mean... Yeah, I worked for a few people, but it was only to get knowledge about what I, to gain more knowledge about what I wanted to do. I mean, I've been in production most of my life and I've worked for myself and, and, you know, my parents weren't, well, they did, they did have an entrepreneurial spirit, but um, they, they had a cleaning company and stuff like that. But it was really, also I would add with exposure is motivation. Like, what are you motivated? What For me, I like nice things, right? I like going places and doing things. Mm-hmm. So I, I created a certain standard for myself at mm-hmm. an early age. Like, you know, my, one of my brothers always said, man, you always have nice places and things. It's like, well, that's just, that's, that was in my head. Mm-hmm. I put that in my head. Mm-hmm. And literally, at, you know, when I got out of high school, I was like, you know, at 19, you know, I was back in the day, those who know, I was in Mar- on the 10th floor of Marbury Plaza and I had a nice apartment and I had two jobs and I worked at part time at Bridges. Of, you know, it was like my motivation was to have to do things. I didn't, I, I you know, I didn't, um, it wasn't about not, ha- you know, I didn't even think have the mindset I'm not going to have. Of course I'm going to have that. Of course I'm going to get that yeah, suit. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, it's my reality. Yeah, <laughs> what, for what we're exposed to is our reality, you know. Like, mm, my mm. my dad is a Fulbright scholar. And yeah. My mom, you, you all already heard about her. And he's, an entre- I mean, he's not an entrepreneur, but he started a lot of nonprofits. It's just normal for me. Like, mm-hmm. I saw him sitting in our living room starting nonprofits and getting calls from African countries all through the night about the things that he was doing. That's normal to me. Yeah. You know, but for some people, it's not normal. So some of it is the exposure to normalize some of these things when it does come to money and these alternative financial goals. Because the one that you hear about the most is I want to be a multi multi millionaire and I don't have this big old this and this big old that. Right. But there's other financial goals, too. Like, you know, it was my goal to get to the point of financial freedom. And I got there at 34 or something like that. And it was my goal to be able to make six figures a year and work like 15 hours a week. And I got there at that same age, you know, and so some of it is motivation, but you don't get any what you want. You don't get it without sacrifice. You don't get it without paying a fee. Like right, you got to pay right, for it some right. kind of way, right? Well, what I'm hearing the both of you say is that a financial goal starts with what does it look like to be to reach that goal? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you ask the person what's their financial goal, and I. I wonder, is the first like thought, thought of theirs is, well, I don't know what that looks like because they're thinking about figures as opposed to life? Usually that is the case. Usually they are, you know, they're like, I would love to, you know, make a quarter million dollars a year or I would love to be able to retire and this is how much I see in the account and not realizing that those figures don't necessarily translate to what they want in life. Mm-hmm. And and money, like I said, is a lifestyle tool. So by right. the time I left to do my business full time, like all of my bills only fit into 20 something percent of my take home pay from my consulting job. So nice. I didn't have to make that type of money in order to leave. So it's not it's not like a just because you have a whole bunch of money that that means that you're going to have the life you want to live. A lot of times it's actually the opposite because you don't have time af- affluence. Yeah, that's that. interesting you should say that. I remember um, 
um, as I was one of the practices that I work with, um, I met um, someone who, a couple of people in my life who made less money than me, but somehow they were able to accomplish so much more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they, they traveled and they, and you know, they were able to buy the cars that they wanted and, and you know. Maybe a different lifestyle or something. Possibly. It's but, the way but, they managed the money that and, they made. How they managed the money. It's all, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, for me, I, 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 um, I lost my train of thought, but I, I, I remember, I remember the first time I made six figures, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't, it wasn't like, I, I was like, I want to make six figures. And, and the first time I bought a house at 32 and it was like, oh, damn, I'm, I'm making some money. I can, you know, <laughs> and it was really, I was motivated. Oh, this is what I want to say to your point that you made during that same time. I had a business going on. I had I had employees, and I was planning their insurance plan and all that. And I found myself. I thought I wanted to be the big business owner with the brick and mortar and all that. I realized, whoa, this is a lot of responsibility. I'm stressed out. I'm the. They seem to all be happy. I come in. I feel like I'm busting my ass for them. Mm-hmm. It it didn't. It was. I felt like a slave to this thing, and all I wanted to do is have a recording studio and do music and be creative, but. I got so caught up in just running the business that I, so, so I, I had to reset. I, I closed yeah. down the business and worked out of my home and felt a lot better. Like, I don't need this because it was so much about a, a look like I got this business and mm-hmm. you know, look at me. I'm the big man with the business and all that. Mm-hmm. And so people today go, Chris, why don't you get like a open up a, you know, get a building. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want that ever again. I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine being, you know, a one man operation and 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 that's that's what works for me and yeah. managing what I have. I need to manage this is a certain lifestyle I want to live and I'm could I make more money? Yeah, possibly. But I'm good. Let me find a nice place that works for me mm-hmm. and sustain that where and also that I can also, you know, have a, a decent retirement. Yeah. And, and that's so interesting because yeah. I had a business that um I actually Ran away from that. I mean, I had an opportunity, right, to expand. You your know? your car business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I had yeah. an opportunity to expand. I had an opportunity, you know, to hire people and all that stuff. And what I was, I, I lost sight of the vision. Yeah. What I was struck stricken with immediately was, oh shit, I'm making less money up front because I'm having to pay them. Right, 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 right. And, I, right. and, and but I, and I knew in the back of my head that I, I eventually was going to duplicate myself but it just did it i was impatient yeah that's the patience uh, I was yeah impatient. that's the patience i was impatient right. you know yeah. because it could have gotten to the point where you know i trained the guy okay he's good okay you go do that i'm gonna go do this and then you know i make a little bit off of what he made but it's a little bit more than what I'm making because I'm not having to really it's work for that. Patience. I know. It gets it, you every time. And gets, this is yeah. coming from someone who tells other people, you need to be patient. And I'm incredibly impatient. Right. I'm like very patient with other people. Sure. But with myself and my goals, I'm like trying to run. So whenever I feel myself running, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like pull back because that's when you put yourself at higher risk, financial risk and more financial stress. Right. And, right. And right. all of and that. And make bad so, decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you make bad yeah. decisions. 
decision. I always tell people, don't make decisions when you're desperate. <laughs> you make bad decisions. It's like it's like somebody, you know, being at the at the crap table or car table at the casino and they're losing money and they're trying get up. Yeah. Because you're going to make a bad decision. Just mm-hmm. just chill. Take a breather for a second. Reset. Think about what you're doing. Get back Keep put your you know your eye back on the sparrow of what you really want. Sometimes you have to sit down and literally write it on paper. Like, wait a minute, what I really wanted. That's what happened to me. I was like, what I really want is this. Yeah. But I'm actually doing this. So take like yeah. patience, being being patient. And I that's how I ended up working with entrepreneurs because it didn't start that way. You know, I was just working with people in their personal finances, and then right. more and more entrepreneurs became attracted to me. And they were like, wait a minute, you're making six figures profit and you're working like 15 hours a week. Can you show me how to do that? Because I am exhausted. I've had my business for 15 years. We bring in, I've worked with businesses that bring in 1.5 million a year, several. And they're like, I don't want this business anymore. I am stressed out. Like, I thought this is what I wanted. And now I'm stuck. It looks great on paper, but (laughs) but in real life, Yeah, so they come to me and they're like, I'm willing to make less revenue. That's interesting. Yeah. you work with have you worked with for lack of a better word startups you know people before they get to that point yes a lot of people you know over time in your business i'm sure you experienced this chris Mm -hmm. and you have too like it's like your ideal client base tends to evolve you know sure and so people will come to me for personal finance and then that's cleared up they're like and what i really want is a business can you show me how to do that but i do tell everyone I specialize in lifestyle business. So if you mm. have a growth idea for a growth model business or like the startup startup is like, you know, which is more like these businesses that grow really quick and get a lot of investment in it, I'm not the one for you. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell them they should go somewhere else because I like lifestyle business. What's a lifestyle business? So a lifestyle business is one that's developed, created purely to fit your ideal lifestyle. The business is designed for you. It's not like this separate entity outside of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, that's me. Yeah, that's what you have, Chris. Yeah, it's a and, yeah, and that's what I think most people imagine, but then it gets carried away. Uh, but yeah, that's what it is. So you're very much focused on the profit margin, on the team development, all of these things so that it's not so much pressure. Like I have full-time staff, but I have more than one business too, and I'm okay. still not working a lot. Mm-hmm. But my profit margin on the coaching business alone is like 80, 85%. So mm-hmm. like I don't have to work as much, and I'm making the same amount as my entrepreneurs that come to me bringing in 700K in revenue a year. Mm-hmm. So that's a lifestyle business. It's purely designed to fit you your ideal lifestyle the profit margin fits your ideal lifestyle and the workflow and all of that fits your ideal lifestyle this is great we could talk about this all day all day um so uh before we before we uh and i know you got things to do um before we come to a close is there uh one bit of advice that you could give someone who is starting a business um it's 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 something that they're very passionate about. Mm-hmm. They don't. This is what what makes them tick. But their business is not quite there yet. Like they can't quite get the revenue, earn the revenue that they want. Um, but but they're not willing to give up. Like this is this is it. This mm-hmm. is their business. Is there anything that you could tell them that, that they might want to try on to? One piece of advice. Okay. I have like a million. I love. But it. I'm gonna just say <laughs> one thing. You need to master client acquisition. 
I'm a, I need to Ooh, learn. Okay. Lean Ooh, talk into about that. It. Lean in on that. Talk about <laughs> I that. I had to lean into the mic because yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. important it is. Master client, client acquisition. acquisition. Mean, a, a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is coming money. from. Close the deal. Yeah. <laughs> this is coming from someone who was a business consultant for years and someone who was a sales consultant for years and all of that. Mm-hmm. Almost every single problem you have as an entrepreneur is boiled down to the fact that you have not mastered client acquisition, Mm, mm. right? So a lot of times you see entrepreneurs, they're so focused on branding and they're focused on all this and that. And and they're being told that, like that's the messaging out there, but that's the messaging out there for people whose businesses are bigger, right? And to get to that six figures or that multi six figures, you never have to do any branding. Branding at all, actually. I, I did it. I, I, did, I didn't I don't I don't do any branding. Any branding. <laughs> it's like, five years. But you know what I ask my clients every time I talk to them? What's your budget? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want to qualify you. Yeah. You have to be able to master demand. Yeah. You have to be able to master demand for what you offer. If you can master demand for what you offer, you generate revenue. Right. And as a, a part of generating revenue, you could level up your business. Right. So people are putting their hmm. attention on the wrong thing, like okay. 80, 90% of your attention. And you're, if you're going to spend money and all that should be on educating yourself, not outsourcing it, educating yourself on client acquisition. At that point, you can hire full-time people. Right. You can build a, a whole team. You could put money towards branding. You can yeah, involve you can do, your business. Because you got you some money coming in. master that. Yeah. If you don't master that, you will always be putting yourself at financial risk. Oh, I need business. to be sure and get your card. <laughs> so no, uh, Seriously, because, you know, I... I I'm in a band and I'm starting another band and that's just two or three things that I'm in, involved with even even with our podcast yeah. I mean this would be how do you leverage to make money yeah I mean that's well, my, that's, client, well client acquisition you know it's like market share it's well yeah I mean for me I, you know that, that that's I love all that talk but for me it's like how do I close it what does this I want to draw a line to what I'm doing and the dollar sign. Yes. That's how, I'm, you know, I come from the streets, yo. I come, I'm a hustler. I, come, look, I need that money. But let me money. tell you, when you think like that, you work less. <laughs> that, right. So, I need that money. Because you're not money. filling your time up with a don't bunch be of afraid. fluff. Like, there's <laughs> Right, so much a bunch of fluff. No. I'm like, like, I don't need that. You don't, that's why I don't work a lot. Yeah. <laughs> See, you and I, I, I'm the same way. People are like, how you, how you just be chilling? Because I, when I, when I do work, I'm closing a deal. I need that money. Yeah, there's not a bunch of all this yeah. to-do list stuff. We work with the 80 to 100 people a year, and I'm still working I love 15 it. hours a week. I love it. It's so how, how how can people, before we close it, how, how can people find you, mm-hmm. uh, give the name of your business again? Because sure, sure. people need to know. Sure. So the business is called Jones Coaching Group, Okay. and our website is jonescoachinggroup.com. You can go there. All my consultations are free. That way I know it's wow. a good fit. Yep. I don't like taking people and I don't know if it's going to be a good fit for both of us. It's called right? confidence. <laughs> she knows, she knows um, what she's doing. And on there we do have a podcast and a lot of oh, it that's is right. Your designed podcast. to uh, motivate people, motivate clients, tell past stories. And me being very tra- transparent about my money, my finances, I like to be open about it. And that podcast is called The Money Itch. The so, money itch, um, and that's, and that's on, everywhere. Wherever it's you everywhere. can find your podcast, yeah. Spotify, cool. 
everywhere, but it's also on the website. So a lot of people like to just. What's the, the website? website? JonesCoachingGroup.com. I love it. So let me tell you before we leave, I'll tell you and why I invited you here. We okay. we met each other. Was it this year or last year? This year, March. It, it was in March. That's right, because uh, Joya. Have a good memory. Joya. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jefferson Nuri, um, who mm-hmm. also has her podcast, Unshackled. She's, she rocks it out. And she had a, because she's a Pisces like me, and she had a, a party uh, at a restaurant that we that we loved. And, uh, uh, I, well, I still love it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's over another <laughs> conversation. But, but we, we met at, at a, a party, at a birthday party, and, and I think we were sitting beside each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned what she did. Her approach, I, 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 quite frankly, I'll be honest, I never heard, especially, and I, I got to say this, a woman speak like the way I speak about money. It's like, Yo, I'm getting money out here. This it's about and and here's what you need to do in confidence because I I that's anybody who knows me, I, I rock and roll. I don't yeah. you know um, you know this is I've 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 bought properties, I've sold properties, blah 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 blah. And I taught myself. I didn't you know I'm I'm mm-hmm. again I come from the streets. I'm that hustler dude from the streets that that was like yo I got to make this happen. It's mm-hmm. all and so I think I tell my guys out there. Brandon and Ahmad, who are in the control room, I tell these cats, listen, think like a boss. You know, and that means taking responsibility, being responsible. Like, yo, I, it, it all begins and ends with me mm-hmm. from everything I do. If I pick up something like I got to I got to put that back because it, it reflects me. Mm-hmm. It reflects me. So. I'm just happy that you joined us and, and, and graced us with your knowledge and understanding about finance because I know, and I'll say this, um, I, for my, my, my black folks in the community, we, we have this thing about money. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to talk about money unless we balling. And sometimes we're not, it takes, it takes time and patience to yeah. get to that point where you're balling. And sometimes you, you, there's a little bit of sacrifice that goes yep. with it. But you can get there and it can be a real thing and you can and you can have really what you want. I have that attitude that oh, I can get what I want. Yeah. I didn't get the memo that 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 I can't. I can do what I want. <laughs> what are you talking about? So I'm just I'm just glad. I'm glad um, yeah, you that you're here. Well, thanks um, for having me. Yeah. It was a fun conversation. Of course, I I could talk about this all day. So. I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 I so had let, a good so, time. So we're probably so. going to invite you back in Absolutely. the spring. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. And that, you, you know, know, it's funny. The other thing, Omar, because we said we were having one here because this is what I want to touch on real quick. Mm-hmm. Is that there's no secret. This is during the holidays, and this will this will air either you know before before or after the holidays and people go through that stress with money during the yeah. holidays and you know it's like i'm trying to you know please a lot of people buy these presents yeah. and do all this stuff and um you got to stick to your guns i mean that's nice to get presents and do all that stuff but you got to make sure that you got the plan still in place yes never yeah. let go of the plan yeah. sometimes it slows down right but you always touch it every month hmm. touch your plan every single month wow I love it. I love right. it. So thank you, lucky listeners. Yeah, I hope you lucky listeners got something out of this. Yeah, thank you for joining us once <laughs> again for Not Your Common, Common Conversation. Exactly. <laughs> I need a cue. You need to point it. Right. <laughs> I think we got it in. All thank right, you. guys. All right. Great. Peace out. Have a great life.